matter to you at all that the owners have placed their complete confidence and trust in me and that I have signed a letter of agreement, a contract in which I have accepted that responsibility? You have the slightest idea what a moral and ethical principle is, do you? Has it ever occurred to you what would happen to my future if I were to fail to live up to my responsibilities? Has it ever occurred to you? Has it? Stay with me. Why? I just want to go back to my room. Why? Well, I'm very confused. I just need a chance to think things over. You've had your whole fucking life to think things over. What good's a few minutes more gonna do you now? Stay with me. Please. Don't hurt me. I'm not gonna hurt you. Stay away from me. Wendy. Stay away. Darling, light of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. <laughs> Stay away from me! Don't hurt me! I'm not gonna hurt you. Stay away from me! Do you ever fantasize about being killed? Do you ever wonder about all the different ways of dying? You know, violently. I wonder, like, what would be the most horrible way to die? Well, hello, Mr. Fancy. Some folks have a strange idea of entertainment. The following movie contains material that may not be suitable for all viewers. Your discretion is advised. I can remember when I was a little boy, my grandmother and I could hold conversations entirely without ever opening our mouths. She called it shining. And for a long time, I thought it was just the two of us that had that shine to us. Just like you probably thought you was the only one. But there are other folks, though mostly they don't know it or don't believe it. How long have you been able to do it? How long have you been able to shine with this podcast? How long have you been able to wait for the next episode? You've probably been sitting there wondering, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Why the fuck does he not put out episodes week to week? And there is only one answer for that. He's a fucktard. But that's okay. Because welcome back, everyone, to episode 37 of the Next Level Network production of What Lurks Behind Podcast Zero. And yes, I know, it took me a while. Piss off. Life sucks. I'm not apologizing anymore. I'm just going to put out episodes as soon as I fucking can, okay? Are we clear? Are we kosher? I don't know. Nobody's bitched. (laughs) 
Nobody has bitched about this. I probably have like three listeners in the world. And two of them are probably like my dog and one of my cats because the other cat probably hates everything I do. My cat Luna, she hisses at me no matter what. That's her way of saying I love you, I guess. I don't know. But anyways, whatever. It's another episode. And it's finally here. The Shining episode. Episode 37. In a row? <laughs> Obviously not in a row. Because, yeah, it takes me a while to pump these things out. I don't know. Life sucks. I'm not going to sit here and go on this whole wishy-washy tangent about, you know, oh, people suck and my life sucks and I hate my job and I'm... We're all the same. We're, we're all in the same boat, right? Life fucking sucks. If only we could live like in some like cyberpunk universe where we all got cool guns and our, our bodies got to transform and, you know, we you know we could kill each other and get away with it and stuff. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Am I really? Probably not. Paul, hey, what? There's those voices. This is Postmortem Paul welcoming you back to another episode. And yes, so lots has happened since the last episode. Let's see. Um, we're gonna jump right into it because I got about what, about six, seven things I want to talk about really quickly before we talk about this movie. Yeah, the movie you none of you have been waiting for me to talk about it, but hey, whatever. Um, okay, so Pet Cemetery trailer. Yes, the second one was dropped. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was pretty recent after my last episode. And I'm not going to say a whole lot on it, um, because, honestly, it's a trailer. Um, same with the next thing I'll be talking about is also another trailer. Uh, but trailers can be either very deceiving, or they can basically spoil a whole fucking movie. With Pet Cemetery, I'm not sure exactly what I saw. Uh, it seems spoilery. It seems like they may have given away a big twist. I don't know. I honestly don't know because it's a two-minute trailer for a movie that's going to be something like 100 minutes long. So you're missing the other 98 minutes. We, I don't know what the fuck I just saw. Or not just saw, but what I saw. Um, and we've seen a little bit more of a glimpse of Zelda. Zelda is going to be the make it or break it for me, to be honest, because it's the one thing that in the original creeped the fucking shit out of me to this day i still have a hard time watching that scene it is the only it, it's one of the very few scenes in a horror film that has managed to keep the creep factor so a lot of pet cemetery i mean because i know john lithgow's gonna crush it he's a great actor i'm not worried about him um the kids well honestly as long as little gauge is done fairly well and stuff but it's the zelda factor for me and and that's what's going to make or break the film um and from what i'm seeing so far i mean again we're seeing like the twisting back and whatnot but she doesn't seem like she's confined to one room uh we don't know like it is this a flashback or is this like you know some like creepy premonition or is it like a haunting or like because we really don't know what they're going to do all we do know is Stephen King himself apparently has said this movie is scary as fuck. But then again, what else is he going to say? Um, unless it's The Shining and he absolutely hated it. More on that later. Um, but yeah, so Pet Cemetery, two-minute trailer. I like what I see. I'm cautiously optimistic, being how much I love the original. But we're going to move on. 
because another trailer was dropped roughly about the same time. Uh, so MGM dropped their Child's Play trailer that it's not a good guy doll, it's a buddy doll, which is very reminiscent of the 80s when we had my buddy. Um, we don't see much of Chucky. So here's my thing on this trailer. So first off, the kid that's supposed to be the Andy Barkley of the, of, of the film... Is it me, or does he seem too old to want to play with talking dolls? I don't know. I kind of got this feeling that the kid looked a little bit older than he should have been. In the original, the kid was the perfect age. Alex Vincent was at the perfect age when he did that movie. Um, I don't know, man. Like I, I, I watched that trailer. I'm like, this kid looks like he'd be like at the action figure level. Now, like, you know, where he's getting his G.I. Joes and his He-Mans or, well, whatever action figures they have in this day and age of their Justice League and all that sort of stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Andy Barkley is going to sell me in this one. Uh, the other thing is, is obviously Chucky. Chucky has to work. Um, Chucky has to uh, make me want to watch this movie. Already it looks like they're trying to modernize him. That he's going to have like, you know, more up to date technology and stuff like I don't know, man. The beauty to the original child's play was it is its simplicity. It was a talking doll that had to work with batteries and it didn't like scan you, it wasn't linked to you, it didn't come, you know, with a mobile app and all this other bullshit. It was a very basic, simple idea and a man put his soul into that shell of the the toy. You know what I mean? Um, the simplicity is what made the movie work. This already looks more complex than I think I want it to be. That said, I'm not going to completely um, disacknowledge it yet. Because I have yet to see what Chucky actually looks like. We're seeing glimpses here and there. We're seeing, you know, half-sided of his face in in pictures and whatnot. Like, yeah, we're kind of seeing what he looks like. But I got to see the mechanics. I want to see how he flows, how he works. Um, so, again, it's a trailer. Uh, there's not much. It's a teaser trailer at that. Like, I mean, like, this didn't give away... Not that you have much for to give away. For the plot being, if anyone's already seen the original, we already fucking know what this story's about. <sighs> but, I don't know. Um, I'm not sold yet, but I'm not going to knock it yet. Let's put it that way. Um, moving on, though. Moving on from trailers. So, uh, news that has come out. Uh, Halloween. <laughs> okay, so Halloween 2. The third Halloween 2 apparently um trying to keep up with this fucking timeline is hilarious granted it's easy to do but it's fucking stupid so there's a second halloween coming out for the third fucking time um do we fucking need this shit no we don't um look i when way back when i did my halloween episode you know 1978 versus you know the the 2018 version and whatnot Okay, look, the 2018 version, I'll admit, yes, I'm a little harsh on it because it didn't do what I wanted it to do. But that's my personal opinion, okay? Like, I'm a fucktard. You guys all fucking know this shit. So it, what what I think of the movie, it really doesn't matter. Even in, as a matter of fact, with what I'm about to say, it doesn't really fucking matter. But I'm putting my opinion out there because I fucking can. 
I don't think we need this. Like, honestly, okay, my whole thing is, is let Michael Myers, can we let him fucking rest for a while? Um, I mean, how many more fucking movies do we need with the same goddamn killer that we always know is going to come back? I remember even after watching the 2018 version, and every, I remember reading all these comments and all these reviews and everything where people were saying, that's it, it's finally done, he's never coming back. It's like, bullshit. We didn't see a body. He's not fucking dead. There'll be another goddamn sequel you watch. And sure enough, there is. And Blumhouse is going to be behind it, which, don't get me wrong, Blumhouse does some fucking great things. But at the same time, I need to stop. No, um, my whole thing is, is I don't think we need this movie. We have more than enough Michael Myers movies. Can we let it rest? But the thing is, is that... Again, now Halloween 2, will they bring back Jamie Lee Curtis? Will they bring back Nick Castle? Um, I mean, because that was that's the thing. That was the selling point that got people into the theaters for this 2018 remake was the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis came back, Nick Castle came back, John Carpenter was behind it and did the score with his son. Um, will they do all this again? But then again, if they do it all again, is it fucking overkill? I just, I personally am done with it. I, I, I'm let it sit for a while. Jesus fucking Christ! Like, how many more fucking Halloween movies do we need? Um, I mean, even Nightmare on Elm Street finally got the hint. I mean, you know, the people behind it. I know they say there's another one coming. I, I'm well aware of it, but at least we're letting it sit for a while. Like, you know, uh, let's get that bitter taste out of the fans' mouths. Mouths from the last remake and, you know, let it, you know, chill for a while. Plus, I mean, it, you know, Robert Englund did dress up as Freddy Krueger one more time for the Goldbergs and whatnot. So, I mean, they're, they're allowing the fans to love what they love. I guess that was the idea with Halloween, but I've just, I guess, I don't know. Let it, let it go for a while, you know, like let's stop. But I mean, this is, that's, the horror genre, right? Sequels, remakes, reboots. It's what it fucking thrives on half the time. Uh, one reboot that does sound kind of fucking cool, though, and it was announced actually just today. Um, so, Gremlins. We've all been sitting here waiting for Gremlins 3. Um, how come none of us saw that a Gremlins animated TV series was coming I'm kind of on board about this. I'm kind of intrigued. My only problem with it is that it's going to be for the Warner streaming service. Because I guess they're getting their own as well. Like, fuck, everybody's getting a a streaming service these days. Uh, So, yeah, Warner's apparently is getting their own as well. And Gremlins, the animated TV series, will be a part of it. And from my understanding, it's supposed to be uh, the old man, the old uh, shopkeeper there. It's supposed to be him when he's younger and the magical and fantasy adventures that he and Gizmo went on before we got to the point where, you know, Hoyt Axton walked in and said, I gotta have it. Um, So, yeah, so (laughs) uh, this should be interesting. I mean, hmm. In this day and age, I mean, you don't need a streaming service to watch things online. We all know that. But, yeah, I guess it's... Well, Warners is being smart about it. If they want their streaming service to be successful, they have to offer something, you know, pretty fucking cool that fans will be like, hey, I want to check this out. 
Gremlins is definitely a good one to go with, and not to mention Gremlins is something that hasn't been done a lot. Uh, we don't have remakes and reboots and all this other bullshit. Uh, we have what? We have two movies and a lot of books. <laughs> uh, a fan movie. Um, oh, fuck, what was that now? Gremlins. I forget what they called it again. I'd have to look that up. But it was a fan movie on YouTube. It was really well done, too. Um, but yeah, Gremlins hasn't been done a lot. And people have been screaming and crying for it. So hey, you know what? Why not? Uh, the other reboot that's making its way to the TV, you know, airwaves. If well, it's not even airwaves anymore, everything's done through digital. But um, so, Lost Boys, yay! CW, yay! Fuck you! Have you guys been reading this shit? Have you been? Oh my lord! It's a fucking crap. Why? What? Like seriously? Are we trying to piss off? fans sometimes is what I is my question so the Lost Boys reboot your director for your pilot episode you're getting the director who did the first Twilight movie wait what like so in other words the Lost Boys Michael and David are now gonna twinkle um yeah I uh, Tyler Posey I believe was one of the actors that they they cast for this why can like I don't know Sometimes I feel like, like, and you know, I feel the frustrations of other fans. I do, because I feel it myself. Like, The Lost Boys is like, I know this is going to sound very, um, it's going to make me sound like an old dude and whatnot, but it's almost a perfect movie. It really is, actually. Yes, I know it's dated. Yes, I know it's from the 80s and whatnot. It's a timepiece. We get it. We're fine with it. You know what? It's a good fucking movie. The soundtrack was perfect. The actors were perfect. Everything was perfect about it. Okay, so you figure, okay, so we're going to reboot it because it's so great and fans love it so much. We're just, we're going to reboot it. That's fine. But then you shit on it by making it, uh, I don't know. I need to stop. <laughs> I don't, but I do. But I, I uh, God damn it. Seriously, the Twilight fucking director. Like, not that I, and you know what? It might be fucking great. It really will. But it's almost like. You love vampires so much. We insist we're going to make them little fucking pussies. So we're going to kick in the nuts and we're going to get somebody linked to Twilight. And I, I mean, hopefully that this is the person's like age of redemption where they redeem themselves. But it, then you look at the network it's on, the CW, where everything is like social justice warrior shit all the fucking time. Especially Supergirl and fucking... <sighs> Jane the Virgin. I remember that show was on there. And I was like, wait, what What the fuck just happened? Um, even Arrow at times. As much as I love this show, there are times when they just like, it's it's cringeworthy. It's like, fuck. God damn it. Just fucking give me a superhero show without all the fucking politic bullshit. Um, I know people will be like, oh, well, hey, comic books. You know, they always push politics in the comics. Yes, I'm well aware of it, but they push the good politics. I don't know. <laughs> I'm really talking stupid right now. And nothing is scripted here, guys. I'm just pulling shit right out of my fucking head. But no, you, you get my point, though. Like, just do... If you're going to reboot a horror series, do it in a horror fashion. Do it scary. Do it... It doesn't have to be jump scares. It doesn't have to be the teeny bopper stuff. Yes, I get it. Obviously, I was a teenager growing up loving horror movies. But the thing is, is that you can make good horror that is across the audiences not just directed at a teen base but 
I mean, look at the network, right? CW is a, basically a teen network. So I don't know. Uh, Lost Boys reboot, basically, I will be passing on it. Um, so why I'm even talking about it, who the fuck knows? I just guess I wanted to rant because this is the rant part of the show and whatever. Um, horror noir. <laughs> It'd be nice if I could talk. Horror noir is a documentary that is on the Shutter app. Um, I watched it. I loved it. Very good documentary. Uh, really pushes some shit in your face. You know, it makes you realize, like, you know, okay, there were a few things that I found a little questionable. Whatever. But you know what? I like I like a documentary that does that. I like a documentary that makes me think. And that was, this documentary does that on all, a lot of levels. The very interesting part of the documentary for me, though, was when they were talking about like cinema in the the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, even into the 50s, uh, how black actors and actresses were basically really, really, really disregarded um, to the point where in certain films, if there was a black role, uh, you took a white person and you put black paint on their face. I do understand, you know, the whole black face, you know, screaming, fucking ranting that goes on over it sometimes. Especially when I think about that part of it. Um, I mean, nowadays it seems like, you know, the second someone's wearing black eyeliner, we take a fit about it. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's This is the internet age, man. Everybody bitches about everything. But, um... No, it was very interesting to watch the earlier part of the documentary and just to see, like, you know, it, it was so true. And I, I guess, like, because I'm the kind of person, when I watch a movie, I'm not really paying attention to what race is playing what character. I really don't. I mean, unless unless you have, like, you know, um, you know someone from Korea playing a character named Julio. I mean, because it just seems weird, right? But, um. But I I never really paid attention to, like, for for instance, the movie White Zombie uh, is a movie I love. It's very dear to my heart. Um, but the black guy is like, the you know, the he's the guy who knows all about voodoo. Um, and, you know, I, I never paid attention to that before. I was like, oh, I just I saw a dude who knew about voodoo. But, you know, when you know that Hollywood consciously knew what they were doing it's like okay now that's kind of shitty you know what i mean um uh, night of the living dead obviously is is probably one of the prime examples of you know when history started to change and you know george a romero was extremely um aware of what he was doing when he took a black man and gave him the lead but the thing was was like he said the role of ben was not written for a black man it was written for a man and it just so happened that Dwayne Jones did the best in the audition, so he gave him the role. Um, and you know, and that and that's brought up a, a few times in the documentary. It's a, again, like I say, very good documentary. If you have Shutter, obviously check it out. There are things that will infuriate you. There are things that will enlighten you. Um, I, there was a lot I learned that I didn't know about prior to watching that documentary. It's it's definitely an envelope pusher, and. It's good for the fact that it's good to see that for Shudder's first actual, you know, documentary presentation, they pounded it out of the park with it. 
I'm looking forward to the next shit they start coming out with. Their 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 original material is really starting to step up. So that's highly recommended. Um, last thing I want to quickly talk about before I give my recommendations and move on uh, is a video game that I am paying very close attention to uh, coming eventually because um, we still have no fucking release date for this goddamn game. But um, those of you that know me very well and those of you who don't, um, I love cyberpunk. I love everything that's futuristic. I am a huge Ghost in the Shell fan, Ergo Proxy. Uh, one of the recommendations of this week, Alita Battle Angel, uh, which is actually based off the uh, manga uh, Gun M, Battle Angel, <laughs> same idea. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I've always had a thing about cyberpunk. Akira is another one. Blade Runner, obviously, which both Blade Runners will eventually be talked about on this uh, on this show. Um, I, I don't know. Everything very um, techno-y and stuff. I guess it's because I'm an 80s kid. You know, growing up in the 80s, like, you know, show especially like Blade Runner. Blade Runner was a huge... It really, you know, that and um, the second Back to the Future film, obviously, you know, showing us the future, the hover cars and shit like that. That's what we kind of wished the future had been, you know. And then Terminator, obviously, you know, giving us that dystopian future of like machines ruling the world. We had the Matrix in the late 90s, early 2000s. I mean, like stuff like that has always influenced me. So the idea of a video game coming out called Cyberpunk well, Cyberpunk 2077, uh, has had my attention since I found out about it last year. Um, I know people who had told me, they'd be like, I've been talking about it for years. Okay, well, I was late to the game. Sorry, suck my dick. Um, <laughs> but uh, CD Projekt Red is doing it. They've done the, the Witcher 3 game, which everyone raves the fuck about. And they're doing this one. And obviously, it's had my attention. There's been... A lot of news the last couple days, uh, specifically aimed at one of the things they have said, there will be no microtransactions. Fuck you, EA. Uh, but yeah, no microtransactions, no bullshit. Once you pay for the game, the game is yours. You don't have to worry about paying more for a, you know ad additional content or for guns that will make you stronger or whatever. None of that bullshit. No battle royale, um, which is a good thing. I mean... They're, they're sticking with their, they will have a single player campaign, which you will have a story mode that you will have to complete. Uh, I know that there will be, um, you know, an online community for it and whatnot, but no battle royales. And, and I'm good with that. No open beta. There's going to be no open beta, no beta testing, no not, none, none of that bullshit, which their point behind it is really good. I mean, when you think about it, a lot of games are made or broken before they're even released based on beta testing. People go in and they, they watch Twitch streamers, you know, do the beta testing or they, they do it themselves. You know, they're lucky to be part of the beta test or they read reports, they read comments, they read stuff on the internet about it. And right away it's like, oh, this game sucks. Oh, this game's awesome. You know, they, they prejudge it before the game has even come out with no beta testing whatsoever. And allowing fans you know worldwide to all experience the game for the first time on that first day you know first day release whatever um i think that's the smart smart way to do it 
Like I said, no release date, but I do know that they currently have at least 400 people working on this game. So you can tell they're pushing for it. They, they want to release it, and I'm hoping for a 2019 release, but I, I even said to a couple friends a few weeks ago, I think 2020 is more the realistic goal to look for for a release, but hey, man, if we get it you know, near the end of 2019... I'm cool with it. It would definitely be cool to release it right around Christmas time. Although that would suck for me because I want to take the week off work when this fucking game comes out. So I'm hoping they do it, you know, not so close to Christmas because certain companies like to say, uh-uh, no vacation for you. And fuck that shit. I want the week off when the game comes out. So moving on to quick recommendations. And then we will talk about The Shining because I've babbled for uh, a little over 25 minutes now and I need to shut C-Fuck up and move on to the actual movie. So two movie recommendations and one special recommendation this week. So two movie recommendations. One is from 2018. One is recent. Um, Like I said, been on a cyberpunk, sci-fi, futuristic kind of kick. Uh, Bloomhouse did release a movie uh, directed by Lee Winnell last year in 2018 called Upgrade. I finally saw it. I fucking love this movie. Uh, so well done. Yes, I know there's even between my friends, there was a big talk about, you know, the fact that uh, Logan Marshall Green, I believe is his name, lead actor in the film. Looks like Tom Hardy. Yeah, okay, whatever. I, I don't care. Uh, the movie was great. The action sequences were great. The humor was just enough to break the monotony of the intensity of the film. It was very well done. So that's my first recommendation. The second one, go see it in the theaters. Alita Battle Angel. Fucking. Okay, so... In a couple weeks from now, uh, or so, I will be talking about Ghost in the Shell, which is my all-time favorite anime of all. No anime has ever come close to how much I love Ghost in the Shell. However, Gun M Battle Angel uh, was a manga that was, um, oh, it was around, uh, it it, it was out in the early 90s. Uh, As a matter of fact, there's an anime uh, two-part two-episode anime, whatever, um, OVA as they call them. Uh, it's and You can watch it on YouTube uh, called Gun M Battle Angel Alita. Even though the, in, the, in the anime, the character's name is not Alita, it's Gally, uh, but it's the same idea. Uh, so James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez team up and they release Alita Battle Angel in the theaters. And having the background knowledge of the anime and the manga... Wow. Uh, there, are, there are shots in this fucking film that are straight out of the fucking anime, like to a goddamn T. Uh, it's beautiful. It's such a, a faithful um, adaptation. So well done. Uh, I, can't, I, I don't want to say a lot because I don't want to give away a lot because you really do need to see this movie in the theaters. It is beautiful. In 3D, it is fucking gorgeous. It bounces off the screen. Um, but it, Even if you don't watch it in the theaters and you do it the other way, fine, whatever. Just make sure you see this fucking movie. I'm not worried about how much money they make because they've already made a lot of money. And furthermore, on top of that, 
it's safe to say there will be a, it, this will be a trilogy. I, I think they they went in full knowing they were going to do the other two parts. So I, I don't be surprised if you know in a couple of weeks from now you hear you know the the second part last order is coming out and then after that will be mars chronicle um because in terms of the manga it was done in like six volumes three parts um and a battle angel was part one well hunter warrior i think is what they called the first part and then there's um uh, what is it? Uh, Last Order and Mars Chronicle. So, don't be shocked if you see that you know it gets announced that two more films are on the way. Uh, but it's it's fucking stellar. Tom Holkenberg, uh, aka Junkie XL, does the music. It's one of the few times where actually his soundtrack didn't stand out a whole lot, but it stood out enough that it, it just it complemented the movie well. Um, the CGI is not distracting. You know, there's a lot of CGI when you're watching this movie, but it's not fucking horrible guys. Like it looks really fucking good. I know this is a quote unquote horror podcast, but I also deal with sci-fi and this definitely fits in the sci-fi realm. Uh, lead a battle angel. Definitely go fucking see it. It is definitely worth it. My final recommendation is more of a shout out. I'd like to bring attention to a project that's uh, actually right out of here from uh, Windsor, Ontario. Uh, Half Baked Comics, and baked is spelled B A K apostrophe D. Comics is spelled C O M I X. Um, you can find them at facebook.com slash epopes. Epopes is E P O A P S. So it's, um, I don't know the guy personally, a, a friend of mine was telling me about this, uh, this comic project that a friend of his was working on and I kind of looked into it briefly. It's funny, it's humorous, it's a little offensive, so obviously up my alley, but, um, y- you can actually sample, um, their, the, the book Renegade chapter one, uh, at findyourinnergeek.ca slash 2018 slash 08 slash renegade chapter one uh and he's currently working on a project called banana boy uh half-baked comics it's he's out of windsor um like i said i i don't know the creator very well but i do know a lot of his uh, not a lot of his friends but i know like one of his like really good friends and we've had some good talks about this stuff it's interesting it's just something that i wanted to kind of shout out for him and on that note, um, so, <laughs> wow, I've talked a lot and I haven't even gotten into the fucking movie yet. So, anyways, uh, you want to talk? Uh, want to talk some Jack Nicholson? Sure, yeah, that'd be fucking great. Okay, um, no, answer and questioning and answering myself. I do it a lot, a lot more than you guys would know because I don't normally have the microphone on. Um, yeah, so we're gonna do trailer time. I'm gonna drop the trailer. Uh, it's a fun little trailer. Jack Nicholson basically being Jack Nicholson. We're going to talk about Stanley Kubrick. We're going to talk about Stephen King and why he didn't like the movie. And we're going to talk about the whole idea of cabin fever and mental illnesses and how we have a mental illness for everything these days. If you notice that, um, yeah, it's something I'm going to kind of talk about in a minute. Uh, but first, let's drop that goddamn trailer. I'll be back in a moment. I don't suppose they... Uh told you anything in denver about the tragedy we had up here during the winter of 1970 i hired a man named charles grady is the winter caretaker from what i've been told i mean he seemed like a completely normal 
individual. But at some point during the winter, he must have suffered some kind of a complete mental breakdown. He ran amok and uh, killed his family with an axe. Well, you can rest assured, Mr. Ullman, that's not going to happen with me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Mom, do you really want to go and live in that hotel for the winter? Sure I do. It'll be lots of fun. The only thing that can get a bit trying up here during the winter is uh, the tremendous sense of isolation. Is there something bad here? I fear you will have to deal with this matter in the harshest possible way. What did I do? I killed you with Danny. You did this to me. You. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Here's Johnny. <laughs> Wendy, darling, my dear, love of my life. I'm not gonna hurt you. No, wait, you didn't let me finish. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains in. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. Okay, so, anyways, on that note, well, hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm back. Bye! Ah! Alright, The Shining. I know it took a while, but it's here now. My review of this movie. It's. I'm not worthy to actually review this movie, to be honest. There's so much about this movie that I don't know. But, whatever. I'm going to talk about what I do know. And try and make myself sound smart. I know I'm not smart, but I'm okay with that. See, it's alright to not be smart. No, not being smart or, you know, being below average. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. It's just life. We're, we're born... We exist, we piss, we shit, we annoy each other, then we die. Such is the story of life. Yay! Alright, um, hey, alright. The Shining, uh, based on the novel by Stephen King. You know, I actually have never read this book yet. It's a shameful fact about me. I have not read this book. I know about a lot of the problems Stephen King had with the adaptation to film from his book, but I've never actually read the book yet. Probably should get on that. That. Yeah, I like emphasizing that final T, that. Anyways, so The Shining, uh, the film, the movie, Stanley Kubrick adaptation, was released June 13th, 1980. I was a me- I was just going on five years old. Wee me. Um, Alright. Uh, the runtime for the film is 2 hours and 26 minutes long. Uh, depending on if you like this movie or not, it might seem longer. Actually, for me, it never seemed like a long movie. I actually really enjoy this movie. Um, IMDb, which is primarily fans rating it, I'd say. I mean, I know there's a lot funny shit on the internet but whatever imdb rates it at 8.4 stephen king he hates it um actually i don't know if hate is the right word but there is definitely some disdain there um 
So the movie was directed by Stanley Kubrick. Uh, I think this is probably my favorite Kubrick film of them all. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey, I do like it. I know some people are like, that movie fucking drags forever. It's an acquired taste, I'm not going to lie. Took me a couple times watching it before I actually was like, okay, I like this movie. Um, a Clockwork Orange. I do really like Clockwork Orange. There's some scenes, uh, primarily where the scenes where they're like holding Malcolm McDowell's eyes open. That part bothers me. I get watery eyes watching it. I think he knew that. He probably knew that that part would, that scene would fuck a lot of people up, but whatever. Um, but that, that movie's, uh, you know, pretty fucking good. Full Metal Jacket. Obviously, that's a great one. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of weird because Kubrick, in more ways than not, probably a bit of a dick. But he makes damn good movies. So, you know what? Fuck it. Who cares? Um, the Shining was, like I said, based off the novel written by Stephen King. The screenplay, though, was written by Stanley Kubrick and Diane Johnson. The film was produced by Robert Fryer, Jan Harlan, Mary Lee Johnson, Stanley Kubrick, and Martin Richards. Uh, the music. Music is creepy, so I have to mention it. Uh, the music uh, was done by Wendy Carlos and Rachel Elkind. Cinematography by John Alcott and film editing by Ray Lovejoy. Normally, I don't talk about cinematographers or film editors. But this is one exception to the rule because the cinematography, like just the shots, the visualizations for this film were like, some of them are off the chart, like just fucking beautiful. So I felt both those guys deserved a little bit of credit. I emphasize my final T again, credit. I don't know why I'm so focused on enunciating that final T. It's like cast I'm talking about the cast now. Um, okay, so I'm annoying the fuck out of you all. I don't care. Your cast. Jack Nicholson has Jack Torrance. Wow, like what a stretch. Must be so hard to play your own first name. Like he did this in Batman too, you know, when he was the Joker, but the Joker was Jack Napier. It's like Jack Nicholson playing Jack Napier. Jack Nicholson playing Jack Torrance. Like fuck, way to stretch Way to stretch out there and be someone else. No, let's just be myself. And basically, Nicholson was playing himself in this movie um, to a certain extent. I know there were certain scenes like, um, I guess the scene when he snaps at Wendy, you know, the whole I'm going to bash your brains in and all that shit. Um, but no, I guess like when he got like mad at her in the one scene where he's like, you know, when I'm in here or if I'm not in here or if I'm typing or I'm not typing, I'm fucking working. That scene, I guess, like really bothered him. Because I guess in real life he was a writer at one point and he kind of like bitched at his girlfriend kind of in that manner. So I don't know. I guess this movie kind of bothered him. Whatever. Um, hey, he's a, he's a great actor, right? Um, Jack Nicholson playing Jack Nicholson is always entertaining to watch. So that's that uh, Shelley Duvall as Wendy Torrance. Um, I kind of mixed on this character. I'm going to save my thoughts for a little bit later. Because in certain ways, I agree with Stephen King on this one. Um, Danny Lloyd. Danny Lloyd played Danny. <laughs> wow, way to stretch out there and be someone else. Uh, but yeah, Danny Lloyd played Danny Torrance. 
And um, it, it's pretty cool, like, you know, creative little fucker. Um, so the whole bit, like, when he's talking as Tony and he does the thing with his finger, apparently that was his idea. It's kind of creative little thing, like, to come up with because I don't, like I said, I haven't read the book, but I guess it wasn't ever in the book that he did that. So that was something he came up with on his own. Not too bad for a little squirt. I mean, he's not a little squirt now. He's a grown man, but back then, hey, pretty fucking cool. Um, all right, Scatman Crothers as Dick Halloran. Um, he's probably like I don't know. I like him in this movie. Um, I like his the way he portrayed uh, Halloran. I don't know. I what did I read? Um, oh shit, what's that guy's name? Slim Pickens, I think is the guy who originally Kubrick wanted in the role, but it was Jack Nicholson said he wanted Scatman Crothers, that he felt he could play the role better. I'm glad someone listened to Jack on that one because uh, he's, he's really good. Uh, Barry Nelson plays Ullman. Ullman, you know, the guy that's like doing the interview with Jack at the the beginning did anyone tell you about the history of the overlook hotel like um dude don't you think that's something you probably should have brought up before you even fucking applied no maybe not um of course technically employers don't have to tell you that kind of shit do they um i mean whatever it is what it is uh philip stone was grady um what was it delman delwin grady i think his name was something like that i don't know whatever um yeah it's like del delwin why I it's weird because it I never remember the first name and I've seen this movie like a bazillion fucking times and I can never remember it's Delwin or Del Del I don't know fuck I'm a dildo let let's just fucking call it that and move on um Joe Turkle as Lloyd Lloyd the bartender fuck I got fuck he's like the highlight of the movie for me in my opinion like I just that face he makes and i know it's not he's not making a face i know it's like you know what he looks like and stuff but he just looks he looks creepy and funny and somewhat soothing all at the same time it's kind of fucking cool um good casting on that part i i thought he he was perfect as lloyd and jackson is uh the doctor who uh, Wendy Torrance is talking to at the beginning of the film about, you know, Danny having his seizures and doing his weird shit and talking to Tony and all that other stuff. Um, she's a doctor. I, I love the fact that in this movie, like it's so 1980s, right? Like, or even 70s, kind of like borders, like right in the middle of that. But um, like people just smoke and they just smoke in their homes and they smoke everywhere. And everyone's like, would you like a smoke? And it's like... <sighs> Nowadays, it's like everybody's smoking outside because, you know, we are a non-smoking facility. It's like, okay, we get it. Whatever. We, I guess we were all stupid in the 80s. Fuck, who cares? Um, uh, Tony Burton plays Durkin. It's a small role for him, but I, I like mentioning it because, you know, he, he's the dude from, like, Rocky and whatnot. And I love the Rocky films. I know it's I'm supposed to be a horror podcast, and I talk about all types of genre. I love film, okay? I like cinema. I like movies. I like really bad ones, too. But I like really good ones, and Tony Burton was in some good ones, so whatever. And finally, the Grady Daughters. The two younger ones, they're, like, super 
fucking creepy. And I love it. I honestly do. I love it that they're so like, come play with us, Danny. And it's like they're like fucking creepy. Lisa and Louise Burns, that was their names. Um, and they occasionally, I think they do like horror conventions and stuff. I personally have never met them, but if I ever do, I'd probably like shake their hand and be like, thanks for creeping me out. Because that's a thing about Stephen King. I've noticed like, it's the same with pet cemetery. Like Zelda creeps me out. I I know this sounds, this is going to sound really horrible and probably explains why I'm always single, but girls in movies, if done right, can be extremely fucking creepy more so than boys in my opinion. Um, and I don't mean that in a, a mean, shitful kind of way. I mean, I'm just saying, like, girls have that way of just being that little bit more fucking creepier than a, a guy does. But guys in real life are creepy fucking douchebags. So, hey, I guess it all evens out. Synopsis for the film. A family heads to an isolated hotel for the winter where an evil spiritual presence influences the father into violence while his psychic son sees horrific forebodings from both past and future. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's kind of right. Um, I mean, obviously there's an evil spiritual presence and whatnot, but I think there's there's also a, a lot of the, the whole hinting of cabin fever. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, they even mention it in the film. So uh, before I get into my thoughts, I just want to quickly say the budget for this film was 19 million the gross was 44 million so way to go knock it out of the park but the budget being 19 million i'm probably going to go on 18 million of that being done on reshoots because kubrick apparently was not the kind of guy who was like you know could do like four takes of a shot and be like, ah, I think I found my shot. No, sometimes he would make them do it 30, 40, 50, 60, a hundred fucking times for one scene. So I'm assuming a lot of the budget went to just constantly reshooting the fucking scenes. Uh, <laughs> okay. But my thoughts and, you know, just some, just some babblings about the film and whatnot, kind of like my review, I guess I like this movie. I think it's creepy. I think it is a visually stunning film. I think the visuals make a lot of the movie creepy. Stephen King has said before that he felt this movie was um, more about the stunning visuals and less substance to the film. I don't know if I completely agree with that, but I will say that, yes, if the visuals were not what they are in this film, it may not have been as... Um, an iconic film as it was. Like, I mean, like, come on, like that elevator scene, you know, the blood pouring out of the elevator and whatnot, that has to be one of the most iconic scenes probably of all time of in the horror genre. I mean, so much as even like Ready Player One, when they do their little like, you know, oh, we're going to go to the Overlook Hotel because we have to find this clue, this key or whatever. And that is one of the scenes that's recreated. The The woman in the bathtub scene is recreated. That's another iconic scene. Um, I joke about the budget, but let's face it, like Kubrick constantly refilming shot after shot after shot after shot. Well, one thing you can't argue with is that the film looks bad, like because because it doesn't. It looks amazing. Um, it's I, I know the actors, um, like you know uh, Jack Nicholson and 
you know, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crothers and whatnot, they, they'll tell you, like, you know, they're glad they were a part of that film, but working with Stanley Kubrick is not an easy feat. It's not something that's easy to do. Um, I thought it was funny. One story I heard that apparently, and I guess it was um, Steven Spielberg. I don't know if he's the one that told the story or what. I forget how, like, how it comes up. But basically, Kubrick used to like ask Stephen King a lot of bizarre questions. Apparently, and he wouldn't do it like you know at you know two o'clock in the afternoon. He would like call Stephen King up at three in the morning and ask him shit like, "Do you believe in God?" Uh, like weird fucking shit like that. Um, <laughs> from the sounds of it, I think uh, Kubrick and King more had fun antagonizing each other. Uh, King did it more later after the film came out. But now, I don't know. I guess Kubrick denied ever doing that, whatever. But um, yeah, I remember hearing that story and I was like, you know, with how like eccentric Stanley Kubrick's mind was in terms of filmmaking and whatnot, I wouldn't doubt that he would do something like that. I I mean, I could be wrong, but you look at like a lot of his films, how very strange and bizarre they can be, they can appear. And is it such a stretch to believe that he would do odd things off screen as well? Like, I mean, technically everything he does is off screen, but you know what I'm saying? Like when he's not directing a film, I'm pretty sure he would, you know, have a bizarre mind. It'd probably be very interesting as well. Um, I wouldn't know. I've never talked to him. I'd go based on interviews and whatnot. Um, so, okay. I've already said that, you know, Jack basically plays Jack. He does what he does. He does it well. Um, Shelley Duvall playing Wendy Torrance. Okay. So, uh, one other thing in regards to Stephen King is that apparently he didn't like Wendy Duvall's character on the screen. And there is a part of me that has to agree with that. There's a part of me that feels that she cries way too fucking much. However, I will also add, though, that I am not in her situation. I do not know how I would react. I can assume how I would react, but sometimes we as humans, it's kind of like the whole joke picture on the Internet where it's like, you know, what me and my friends think like we'd look like in a zombie apocalypse and it shows Claire and Leon from Resident Evil and then what we would really look like in a zombie apocalypse and it shows, you know, Sean and um God damn it, can't remember what Nick Wright's character was. But Sean of the Dead basically. Um and it shows that and it's like that's what we would really look like. The thing is is that her being very weepy, very stressed out, very you know, scatterbrained and whatnot, that might actually be a more human reaction than we would like to admit. Yes, it's fucking annoying when you're watching it on the screen when, you know, she's constantly sobbing and she's constantly whining while, especially when Jack is like going completely batshit fucking crazy and she's swinging the bat at him and whatnot. And like she, she screams a lot. She cries a lot, but we sit here and we say, well, you know, I, I know I wouldn't do that if I was in that situation. But do we really know? I mean, that's the thing. Like, human emotions, like, it's like, and I do this not often, but I, it has happened to me from time to time, where you get so fucking angry that you cry. And you hate it because here you are, you're crying, but it's because you're just so fucking mad. You want to hit something, and even hitting something, you're still going to cry. Like, so human emotions sometimes are weird. I do find that um, 
and and I don't I don't completely blame Shelley Duvall for this. I, I'm sure a lot of it was the direction as well, and from what we've heard, and from what I've seen, even in like a few like you know um, like videos and documentaries and whatnot. Apparently Kubrick and like 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 Kubrick liked to antagonize her a lot. I, I don't know if I would go as far as to say they didn't get along because I was going to say Kubrick and Duvall didn't get along, but I don't think it's so much they didn't get along. But he liked to antagonize the shit out of her. For all we know, he could have been totally stressing her out to get her into the role of Wendy. <laughs> but that said, again, Stephen King has always said, like, you know, like, that's not how he wanted Wendy to be portrayed, which is why later on he went and did his own version with uh, Stephen Weber and Rebecca De Mornay in a, a mini mini series on TV, which I have that as well. It's not bad. I think I like the Kubrick version better myself, but the the miniseries isn't bad. Uh, I know that him, like Stephen King and Kubrick, had to come to some form of a, a contract thing where, like, Stephen King is no longer allowed to put down the movie or whatever, um, you know. And that was the only way that Kubrick would let Stephen King make his own adaptation of his own characters that technically he should have owned, but because of contract. And, like, contract disputes and whatnot, I guess. Kubrick owned the characters, and fuck, man. It's like it's like Friday the 13th all over again, right? But it actually happened before. But, um, I don't know. And, and one thing I always laughed <laughs> I always thought it was funny when I read that Stephen King was quoted as saying that he thought Kubrick tried to make a movie that would hurt it, that hurt everyone. I always loved that quote. I don't know why, but I kind of, like... It's like, okay, so who who's getting hurt in all this? Like, is it uh, Stephen King getting hurt because, you know, his characters are not being portrayed properly? Is it the fans being hurt because in Stephen King's mind, this is a bad movie? I mean, he, like he always says, he thought it was visually great, but he still thinks it's not, it's not the movie he wanted. Um, I don't know. Like, it, it just, it, it's funny. I, I, I think. Part of the appeal for The Shining for me has uh, obviously <clears throat> the movie is great. I love the fucking movie, but I think also knowing all the 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 chitter chatter and the banter and the fucking like all the the off screen shit that happened around this one movie, I think has also been just as entertaining to to learn about and to to read and 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 watch and stuff like that. So I mean. I don't know. I think that's why the the Shining sticks out for me. Not to mention like the Overlook Hotel, which is something I should probably uh, hint at or not hint at, but like talk about is the way it looks. It's a beautiful looking hotel. Um, And the designs, the designs of the like the carpeting, the, the, the architecture of the building, the maze outside, obviously, like. I mean, fuck, you can't mention the Overlook Hotel without mentioning the maze that's outside. Um, there's so much to this movie, like the the visual shots. Oh, the part, I should actually say, there's one other part that creeps me out in the movie is when Jack is like making out with the, the younger naked woman and then realizes it's like the old corpse of one of the Grady twins. It's kind of fucking creepy like i mean like okay i say older corpse her skin's decayed and whatnot so i assume she's dead um but i mean obviously she's dead right i mean grady killed his two his two kids his two kids his wife and himself i mean so i mean that's the whole history of the overlook hotel right but but then 
there, there's the other aspect that I quickly want to touch up on before I give my ratings and, you know, sign this fucking shithole episode off. No, it's, it's an episode I put a lot of passion and love into. I mean, how could I call it a shithole? Um, but no, <laughs> I, I think also what I really enjoy about this film is the idea of the cabin fever factor. Um, because, okay, myself personally, I don't mind being by myself. I like being alone. I like being left to my own devices. I like hiding in rooms. I like I like having no one around. I'm okay with this. Would I be okay with it, though, for five months? That is something else to think about. Because, sure, I can easily say, oh, I could go five months without any human contact. I can go five months with just being with my wife and my brat and be all fucking good with it. Sure, we can say that. But could we actually do it? What would it do to us mentally? Not to mention, was... Jack Torrance already in the right state of mind when he went into the Overlook Hotel. Because, and again, I always go with what Stephen King said about this, but Stephen King's criticisms of the film were actually pretty much dead on. When we take Jack Nicholson's portrayal of Jack Torrance, he looks evil before he even fucking starts at the Overlook Hotel. So in his portrayal... I'm thinking this guy wasn't mentally fit to do this fucking job in the first place. In 2019 world, he wouldn't have passed a physical because, you know, nowadays everything is a mental illness. You know, you don't like oranges. It's a mental illness. You don't like Batman. It's a mental illness. If you, you know, oh, you broke a nail. It's a mental illness. Like everything today is a mental illness. So, and I know there's someone out there going, that's fucking insensitive, what you just said. But am I wrong? Think about it for a minute, because honestly, social media today, everything's a fucking mental illness. But anyways, getting back to the film, when you watch this movie, and it's true, like Jack has that menacing grin, he's got the evil looking eyes, he was already three sheets to the wind before he even started at the Overlook Hotel, but he's supposed to be portraying a loving, caring father. Stephen Weber's performance of the character is a little bit more... Creepier for the fact that when we meet him in the beginning of the story, he actually is a normal, caring, loving father that you believe is, you know, what society would say all up there. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with him. He's ordinary. He's normal. Um, But in this, I almost get the feeling that we saw a man that was already on the verge of breaking and then he broke. And when he broke, the whole, it it was like everything around him had to decay with him. Um, The idea of like him bouncing the ball off off the walls and stuff like that was like, I I always took that as a metaphor if he's banging his head off the wall, Um, which I know maybe is a stretch or whatever, but the the whole idea of it bouncing off the wall, it was like his head was banging off the wall. It was a symbolism of the fact that he's starting to crack. Um, and I just, I like the aspect because in this film, it's done very, um, the pacing for it was done very well. It, you're not sitting there watching a man deteriorate, you know, for, you know, two out of the two and a half hours that the film is, but at the same time, like it's not going fast enough that it ruins it either. It, it, it the pacing is done great. 
overall, I, I think Kubrick had a very good idea of the idea of cabin fever and the idea of being stuck in solitude for a long period of time in this huge, 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 huge fucking mansion. And the, the only two people you have around you are the only two you're going to have around for, for the next five months. It's definitely something that I think we as the audience, we watch these films. These films are done in two and a half hours. We go, ah, I could do that. But could we really? I think I think uh, Stanley Kubrick n- nailed that right in terms of the pacing. The movie's not too long, but it's not too short. And by time Jack finally loses it at the end of the movie, as much as much as annoying as Shelley Duvall's character was, like, well, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I kind of wish that you know Halloran was the one that lived with Danny and the other two just died. But anyways, <laughs> you know, we see Jack like you know he 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 freezes outside and Wendy gets away with Danny and whatnot. I mean it's a happy ending but is it really happy? I mean it it's it's done foreboding enough that it it's it's a film that when it's done it's like well okay I guess I'm happy for the ending. But I don't know. It all in all when you watch it you can't tell but knowing the actors, uh, there's a lot of stress with the characters. I think Kubrick pushed them because he wanted them to hit those stress levels. But just from what I've read and what I've seen and stuff like that, it seems like the actors didn't seem like they liked working with Kubrick. Personally, I know if I had to work with myself, like I, I hate it. I hate working with myself. I hate, I hate the fact that people have to work with me because those poor souls. But hey, such is life. On that note, I'm going to give my rating on the film and then I'm going to shut the fuck up for this week because my rating on the film is a 9 out of 10. I would love to say it's a 10 out of 10, but I am not going to lie. I'm one of those people that's kind of like, okay, can you stop crying now? Uh, Shelley Duvall, you can tell she put passion into it. You can tell she tried to hit the stress levels of a woman on the verge of a fucking breakdown. She tried her hardest. So I don't want to take too much away from it, but the crying does become excessive with time in this film. And that's why I say it's a nine out of 10 and not a 10 out of 10. But I mean, deep down in my heart, it's a 10, uh, but that's it. Um, that's it for this week's review. Um, if you can call it a review, it's more like me babbling for half an hour, but Hey, it is what it is. So thank you for listening. Uh, Thank you for patiently waiting for the next episode. I know it takes me a bit. Like I said, life sucks. Sorry about it. Uh, Sorry, not sorry, because it's my life, and I'm, I'm doing the best I can with what I got. On that note, hey, by the way, did you guys see the update on Facebook? So the Next Level Network has a new address. It has a new home, uh, which is now the nextlevelnetwork.com. Yeah, Ben's working really hard to make this uh, network that much better. He's he's always trying to one-up the game, and he got us the new home on the Internet. It's the nextlevelnetwork.com now. If you're looking for my podcast, it's the nextlevelnetwork.com slash podcast zero. Uh, it will kind of direct you to next level um, radioonline.com. It will direct you there, but technically the nextlevelnetwork.com is the new home 
for the next level network which houses also podcasts like caffeine crew dc prime time um thoughts with t and b uh the spotlight with ben back and um he's got more coming shit uh and i don't want to say the wrong names because i always fuck him up but i know he's uh Ben's currently working on a new food podcast, so that should be interesting. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a ton of podcasts, and along with my own little uh, hole of excretion. But yeah, check it out: nextlevelnetwork.com. That's that's the new it's the new home now. Um, and also for my podcast, there is what lurks behind podcastzero.com. Which you, I, you know, I never mention it. Every week I'm going, every week I have neglected to say. So this week starting, I'm going to say, you can email the podcast at what lurks behind podcast zero at gmail.com. You can also email from the what lurks behind podcast zero.com website as well. But I, I realize I never mentioned the email. And, you know, feel free to use it because a lot of spammers do. <laughs> I get like all this fucking spam shit in my fucking account. I'm like, it'd be nice if it was someone who actually wanted to talk to me. So yeah. Or you can find the podcast on Facebook at facebook.com slash what lurks behind podcast zero on Instagram at what lurks behind podcast zero on Twitter. WLB podcast underscore zero. And obviously I think all of you know this, but I'm going to say it anyways. The podcast can be found at the direct link at the nextlevelnetwork.com website or through iTunes, Google, and Spotify, which Spotify is like my new like favorite toy in the world. I absolutely love Spotify. and I know a lot of people are actually linking to the podcast through Spotify, so do it. Go on there and you can follow it. And then, you know, the episodes will always pop up when they're actually recorded and edited and put online because i'm so consistent with that these days but anyways that's it thank you so much that's everything uh i do want to finally just say the episode the next episode after this one um for those of you who are on the facebook page you got a glimpse of what is to come i listed the shining episode along with five other episodes that are in the future um, I will be doing a lot more um, fan interaction this year with episodes. And the next episode, <clears throat> excuse me, is a listener request from, I'm going to call him TJ the Drummer because that's his Instagram handle. Um, it's good. He's, a, he's a, a good devoted fan of the podcast. He's, you know, talked on the, the Facebook page and kind of kicked me in line when I fucked up something about Mario Brothers a while back. But, hey, it is what it is. He's a, he's a good uh, fan of the show, and he requested one that, let's be honest, it was bound to happen. I mean, there's a quote of it in the opening theme song. Um, John Carpenter's They Live from 1988 will be the next episode. And, uh, yeah, that's, fuck, that one's gonna be fun. I, lo- I fucking love that movie. I mean, obviously, right? Like, I have the whole Roddy Piper quote in the fucking opening theme. That it's, it's, uh, the movie alone has so many quotes. I'm gonna spend half the episode just quoting the goddamn thing. But, yeah, is a listener request, and I'm like, you know what? Let's do it. So, yeah, next episode will be John Carpenter's They Live from 1988. 
And finally, I can shut up. And I can stop talking. Um, because that always works so well. But anyways, yes. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Check out the nextlevelnetwork.com website for all sorts of great fucking podcasts. You know them. You listen to them. You love them. Um, and if you don't know them, come become acquainted with them because there's some good ones on it. Uh, anyways, I'm out. Postmortem Paul is done for this week. I'm going to hide back in my coffin now and become more worm fodder so I can you know, get my quote-unquote dead beauty sleep. Yeah, because I'm a fucking gorgeous babe, aren't I? Not. I'm out. See you next time, guys. Ciao for now. Come on, God. Answer me. It's years I'm asking you why. Why are the innocent dead and the guilty alive? Where is justice? Where is punishment? Or have you already answered? Have you already said to the world, here is justice? Here is punishment? Here is punishment?